Hi, everyone. CT here from the Welcome to the Show podcast and the brand new replay podcast as well, where we go over movies, TV shows, music, etc. Pretty much a breakdown of all your favorites. If you haven't checked this out yet, please go to the replay pod on Instagram and click the link in the description. That's T-H-E replay P-O-D all one word on Instagram. Uh, Please take a moment to rate and review the replay. And while you're there, why not just go ahead and give a five-star rating to the Welcome to the Show podcast? I mean, we're awesome. We're growing bigger by the day. And it'll make you feel better, too, if we're being honest. So, unfortunately, Manny, my good co-host, cannot be here today. We don't know the reason why he's not here to record, but it could have something to do with the Buffalo Bills beating the New York Giants. Anyways, he should be available hopefully Thursday uh, so we can hopefully record some content by the end of the week. In the meantime, uh, please enjoy some content from our replay podcast that will will attach to this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And if there's something you'd like us to review on the replay, you can contact us via Instagram or Twitter or email or however. But while you're here, I want to go over some headlines that happened since the last time we recorded and hopefully we'll get to cover in our next episode. Um, For the MLB, there have been numerous injuries in the past couple of weeks. Um, Just today, Anthony Rizzo, this is today's Monday, Anthony Rizzo goes down and his season could be over after suffering a foot injury. But the bigger names to go down for the rest of the season, mind you, are MVP candidates Mike Trout and Christian Yelich. Does this hinder their chances to win the award? What do you think? Mariano Rivera shuts down the White House. He receives the Presidential Medal of Freedom, entered to his famous song. And we're definitely going to talk about this next episode because I'm kind of curious what Manny has to say about all this. Uh, Eloy Jimenez and Chris Bryant win AL and NL Players of the Week representing Chi-Town. And the New York Yankees get some relief from Dylan Betances and Jordan Montgomery coming off the DL. IL, actually, sorry. Uh, Betances did look sharp in his return, but the Yankees still lost. Moving on to the NFL. <clears throat> this actually just came in right now. Cornerback and loudmouth Jalen Ramsey requests a trade from the Jaguars. And if I'm being honest, I kind of saw this coming after week one uh, from them getting embarrassed week one. I actually kind of hope he gets traded to the Dolphins and, you know, be put in a worse situation because and the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, he had some hurtful comments to say about Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback last year, right before we beat them. So, yeah, kind of hope Jalen Ramsey's career just I kind of hope he suffers a little bit this year. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger to have season ending surgery. And I drafted him my I drafted him on my fantasy football team, of course. So you already know how that goes. Drew Brees also to miss four to six weeks with a torn ligament in his throwing thumb. And with both Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees going down, that's two division winning hopefuls to go down in the NFL. So that changes a lot of things and I feel like the window's right open for, for other teams now. And last but not least, the Bills did beat the Giants for their second straight win at MetLife. And the Jets face the Cleveland Browns tonight on Monday Night Football. So that's all I got. Once again, I'm CT. This is the Welcome to the Show podcast. We do big things. Please support us. Rate and review. Peace out. CT.
What is good? Ew. So we're What's here up, again. Man? Episode two of the replay podcast. If you haven't listened to episode one, we dissected Jay Z's 1998 album, Volume Two, Hard Knock Life. Which, by the way, CT, after the episode ended, I did some research and I posted it on Instagram. I think that is Jay Z's, and you mentioned this in the episode, but I went to look to look it up. That was Jay Z's highest selling album, and yeah, a lot of people call that his most underrated album. I don't know if that's something that you're aware of or not, but it's it's I would consider underrated like I don't know, it's weird, right? It's the highest selling album that he's ever put out. Um but it's underrated because I don't think it's his best album. So it's underrated as a fan, but I'm pretty sure more people have heard Volume 2 than people have heard maybe the Black album, you know, which yeah. I think is a better out. Al- like the Black album's insane. Like that whole album is is crazy. So the Hard Knock so, Life yeah. album, $5.4 million uh, sold. And that's his highest selling album. Unless if I got those numbers wrong. I'm pretty sure that that's right. I got that from Billboard.com. Um, pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, for Christopher Nolan, I think that this, it's, there's a theme in his movies. There's a, there's a couple of themes that I'm noticing. There's the theme of time. It seems like all of his movies have something to do with time. The ones that aren't the Batman movies. Like Inception has something to do with time. It's it's about what happens in a dream within a dream. And even that plays with time. Like, like time slows down when you're within a dream in the real world, but it speeds up in your dream life. But your dream within a dream is even faster, but the real world is even slower. Like, yeah. there's the time concept there. There's the time concept in Interstellar. There's mm-hmm. the time concept in Dunkirk. There was a time concept in... In uh, the Prestige too, wasn't there? The Prestige, not I wouldn't say time, but there was like, uh do you consider like traveling across rooms related to time? Like, like time, uh, like breaking space and time. Yeah, like appearing in one spot and. Oh yeah, I think so. From right? just out of thin air. I guess I would consider that kind of time. So yeah, I would, I would, I would chuck that prestige. I would put prestige into like the same realm of movies that the others were, because it involves doing something crazy with like things that aren't possible. Yeah, there's also the theme of the the loss of a of a wife or like a woman character. Like in this one, it was the loss of his of his wife. In Inception, that that was a big role in that movie too. Leonardo DiCaprio's wife in that movie. You're right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, that seems to be an ongoing theme with his movies. Um, but, yeah, man, I remember watching this movie when it came out, and this this movie fucked me up, and it still <laughs> does. So this day, I hadn't watched, prior to watching it this weekend, this past weekend, I hadn't watched it in a long time, and it was good, man. It's such a good movie. Highly recommended. I, I want to watch Dunkirk, because I haven't watched it yet, but I feel like watching Inception right now. Hmm. Inception's good. Dunkirk, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's really good. It plays with time too, um, but in a different way. Um, Whoa! So what's? I'm over here on IMDb and I see 2020 Memento original screenplay has been I saw announced. That, I saw that too. I wonder if they're gonna remake it. I hope they don't. Like, don't fuck with this man. Just leave it alone, please. Well, he's ri- he's he's listed as the writer, so yeah, because he wrote the movie. I mean, it's his. The rights to the movie are his. That's weird. 
Let me click on this. See what else I can see. Shit. Don't do this shit, people. Don't remake. Centers on a centers on a man suffering from short-term memory loss while trying to track down his wife's killer. Aye, aye, aye. It is like still memento. I don't know. We'll see what that is. Pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. All right. Memento CT. Let me give the the listeners some facts about Memento and some other things before we jump into our conversation. So if you don't know what Memento is, Memento is Christopher Nolan's first feature film. Um, It's a noir. This is what I'm calling it. A noir psychological thriller about a man with anterograde amnesia, which causes short term memory loss. And he's trying to track down his wife's murderer. So, according to Internet Movie Database, this movie had an estimated budget of $9 million and it grossed close to $40 million at the at the box office worldwide. It's rated number 54 out of IMDb's 250 top-rated movies and it has a meta score of 80. It was nominated for two Oscars, one for screenplay and one for editing. It lost on both. Peter Travers, who's when I read movie reviews, I, I always check out Rolling Stones, Peter Travers, to be honest with you. So I went, I dug up some stuff and he said, like the best filmmakers at the 2001 Sundance Film Festival, Christopher Nolan leaps into the wild blue and dares us to leap with him. Go for it. So he loved the he loved the movie. Good. And then I have some fun facts. CT. There were four main characters. You had Leonard, Leonard Shelby, Lenny. You had Teddy, Natalie and Sammy Jenkins. Who was your, if somebody were to get an Oscar for best performance, who should it be? I'm going to give it to Natalie because I really thought in the scenes from the beginning of the movie, which we had no idea who she was in the beginning of the movie, up until we find out who she really is, if that's what we're to believe, I really thought she was like one of the good guys. So she had me convinced. The guy, uh, I mean, maybe this is cheating because we see him die in the beginning. <laughs> but uh, I kind of had a feeling Teddy was in some dirty shit yeah. from the beginning. She was good, too, because the, the the thing that's so good about the way this movie's made, because it is filmed in reverse, when she comes into the house and she's all beat up and shit, you believe her. You're like, she got the shit beat out of her. Like, I feel yeah. bad for her. But then you you cut to the black and white scene and then you cut back to what happened before that. And you see that she egged him on to have him hit her. So it mm-hmm. turns out that it was Lenny who had hit her in the first place and had like cut her lip or whatever. Um, and you saw that she had planned it all out. Like she hid all the pens around the house so he couldn't take notes and, and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, she she did have a really good performance. I think Leonard was good in this movie, too. But for me, I I initially was giving it to Teddy, the guy who played Teddy, Joe Joey Pants, they call him, because um, prior to this, I did always remember him as the bad guy. And he kind of, although he wasn't necessarily a good guy in this movie, I thought he played the shit out of Teddy's character. Like he was like a goofy cop looking mm-hmm. type dude, you know, I thought he was really good in this. But I think you're I think you're right. I think Natalie was awesome in this. And then I have some fun facts, CT. So I'm going to jump into some fun facts here. And I might leave some stuff out for throughout the show. But anyway, did you know, CT, that Memento is based on a story that was actually written by Christopher Nolan's brother, who he's the one that wrote Westworld on on HBO. And I yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
And the idea came up while Christopher Nolan, I guess, at the time lived in Chicago and they were driving from Chicago to L.A. for him to, you know, start his movie career. And they kind of just talked through the story. And that's where they came up with this whole, you know, idea on a drive from Chicago to L.A. Well, I didn't know that he wrote the story or that it was his story originally, but I did know I did just learn recently that he was the one that wrote Interstellar, I think. His brother, yeah. I think his yeah, I think his brother wrote Interstellar, so Which is pretty kind of crazy. Kind of- can you like can you imagine that? Like like you you and your brother. So from from the outside looking in, like observing you two, you guys seem to have similar some similar interests. But some separate interests. Like you, you're both into music. He plays accordion. You can play bass. So you guys collaborate in that sense. You guys both love yeah. baseball. Other than that, do you guys have a lot of similar interests? Like creatively, uh, something you guys can collaborate together with creatively. I mean, I personally think that I can draw, or that I used to know how to draw, but I just don't do it. He can draw on the fly because he does it more regularly. So I feel like we have the same interests. It's just that what 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 we're what we're either of us doing more recently is what we're we would be better at so on like for example with the music thing as well there's another thing he's i feel like he's more he's more likely to pick something up on the first try i kind of have to like learn it and stuff mm-hmm. so but i would i don't know if it could compare it to what those two brothers have you know it, it almost makes me kind of jealous in a way like this is so this is me projecting in a way i so I, I didn't have a brother i had two older sisters and we didn't have really the same interests like my the my first sister the one in the middle jenny she was into sports i'm into sports too so we had that in common but she was like really good at basketball she you could say she was kind of like a star you know in her school or whatever like she was really good at playing basketball to the point where like they traveled to japan and all that stuff and played basketball and shit like that wow um my oldest sister inez was more into like fashion and and you know book smarts and stuff like that so we didn't have this one thing that i love so much movies with a passion i wish i had somebody that i could bounce ideas off like this and just get that creative brain working you know like work that muscle out and yeah. that's that's it's awesome to think that you could come up with a, with an idea like this on a drive from chicago to la which i think is like probably like 12 15 hours or something like that yeah um pretty cool the next fun fact i have is the guy who played teddy in the movie he was so Christopher Nolan didn't want to hire him for the role of Teddy because prior to this, he had played like villains in a lot of movies, almost like a caricature of a villain. Like he was in that movie called uh, Baby's Day Out. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, my. Yeah, I remember that movie. And I remember <laughs> I forgot that he was in it, but he is. He's, he's like the lackey. He's one of the lackeys. Yeah, he was in that movie. He was he was in The Sopranos. He was uh, a villain, like an asshole well. in The Sopranos. He was in The he Matrix. Yeah, I was going to say The Matrix, he was a villain. And that's where the connection comes in. Carrie Ann Moss, who plays Natalie, she recommended him to Chris Nolan, and he gave him a chance, and it turned out that it worked out really well. Um, And one of my favorite things about this movie is every time he sees Lenny, he does this. Lenny! I don't know why I like that so much. Um, I wish that somebody, you know, greeted me like that every single time. Manny! I don't know. Um... (laughs) The other thing I mean, is I can, that, I can I can do that for you, man. Like, all right, can you please? Can you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next time, now? you'll see me. Now, please. 
Manny. Thanks. Um, the next thing is the guy who plays Sammy Jenkins in the movie. Uh, the older bald guy. It's in the black and white scenes. He was hired because he actually experienced short-term memory loss in, at some point in his life, just like Sammy Jenkins did. Apparently, anterograde, I think is how you say it, amnesia can be caused by certain medicines. Like You can take a certain type of medicine and it could trigger this. Um, and apparently he had it for a while. So that's why they hired him. And I thought that was cool. Another fun fact, all the scenes in black and white um, are improvised. There was no written dialogue for that. Everything is improvised. Really? Yeah, which I think is pretty fucking crazy. Um, did you know that Brad Pitt, Charlie Sheen, and Thomas Jane, if you don't know who Thomas Jane is, he played Mickey Mantle in that movie in HBO. Um, I think he was also the Punisher in a movie that was terrible. Anyway, they were all considered for the role of Lenny, Leonard. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy because I did get a somewhat of a 90s Brad Pitt vibe from the character. Right? The hair. And the only other time I've ever seen this character in a movie was in one of my other favorite movies, The Count of Monte Cristo. Nice. So I saw him in L.A. Confidential. I think that's the only other movie. Well, there's other movies that I've seen him in that I can remember in, remember him in is L.A. Confidential. And he was really good in that, too. Yeah. But I think I think Brad Pitt was the front runner, but he had something else. He was filming something else at the time. It didn't work out. But what do you think? The, do you think the movie would have been better? Do you think that they cast it perfectly? Or do you think it would have been better with Brad Pitt in it? I think the movie would have been better with Brad Pitt because I feel like I've seen Brad Pitt act like a psychopath in two movies, 12 mm -hmm. Monkeys and uh, Fight Club, where he's acting Monkey. a little bit crazy. 12 Monkeys is a great movie. movie. 12 Monkeys is a great movie. So I, f I actually feel like those black and white scenes where he's talking to himself, where I, the whole time I was almost not giving any spoilers away, even though this will contain spoilers. But uh, I, I almost thought that that whole black and white stuff was happening in his head or something when okay. I first watched the movie. So I now that you've mentioned Brad Pitt, I, I almost can't unsee him doing that scene. So yeah, I do think the movie would have been better, but it was good. We'll get into the black and white stuff, uh, the meaning behind all of that in a little while. By the but, way, I've um, also seen I've also seen the so his name is Guy Pierce. Guy I didn't Pierce, know that was yeah. his name. He was also in Iron Man Three. I just remembered. Ah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it would have been better with Brad Pitt. So I think I think it was cast right because in, in a way, yes, Brad Pitt. I think he elevates every single movie he's in. The guy's a fucking amazing actor, but the casting of Guy Pierce works out because it, it is such a little movie that you want to get to know this guy. You don't want to have preconceived notions, even though he's, he was in a lot of movies prior to this, but he, I think he was perfect for the role. I, you know, so I'm happy with it. Although I do think that, that Brad Pitt would have elevated it. I don't think that Charlie Sheen would have worked um, or Thomas Jane. I think that Aaron Eckert was considered too. He's the guy who played two face in the dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that it was perfect. Guy Pierce is perfect. Here's your next fun fact. This movie was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation. It's the first non-documentary movie of the 2000s to be selected by the Library of, Con of Congress for the National Film Registry. Um, wow. So they felt that this movie was so groundbreaking that they had to preserve it. Other movies that are preserved uh, that I learned about recently was uh, Do the Right Thing. They also pre preserved recently. But that's from 1989, I believe. Um Two more fun facts. When translated from Latin to English, memento means 
remember. That's kind of crazy. And yeah. the movie was filmed in 25 days. I thought that was crazy too. Um, so those are your fun facts. She like in the it must say in the police report that she was murdered because that's what he's basing all this off of. I, I'm thinking that the last thing he saw before he passed out was her um, being suffocated with that plastic thing or whatever. Um, so I'm I'm guessing that he thinks that she died, but maybe those are that was in the inside of those 12 pages that mystery mysteriously went missing. Maybe that's where it says what actually happened to her. Maybe that's why he's still, you know, investigating this. And one last thing, what <laughs> happened? What happened to all that money in the trunk after he killed yeah. the drug dealer? He's rolling with that the whole time and it never gets mentioned. He doesn't even never... know. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even know that it's back there. Ah, oh, this mind fuck of a movie, man. Oh. Yeah, Jesus. Man. Go watch Memento, ladies and gentlemen. You got any more questions, CT? Any more thoughts, general thoughts, feelings? Why did the guy assign him two rooms? <laughs> because he's trying to get money out of him. I mean, he, he told him, you know, we didn't think you would ever know. So we tried to get, you know, it's kind of, he said, it's been slow. So <laughs> he basically said, we tried getting money out of you. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody's manipulating him, man. Everybody. It made me I think. Feel- I remember the first time watching this. I remember it gave me a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, fuck, man, it must suck to be this guy. But like, why would you be out there in the world with this condition? You can't trust anybody. You can't trust yourself. You can't trust your notes. You know, like you can't trust anything in his body. The thing is, the way the movie ends is like he's done. He's he must he's still going through this cycle because it's like he said he he put himself in a position for a crime he can't solve. It doesn't have a it doesn't have a solution. He's making it up, or he's or, making some of it up. Or maybe at some point the crime the, the thing does get solved because he did say that people can come out of inter grade amnesia. You can come out of it. You know you can recover from it. And maybe he did. Maybe he found her and they're together. Who knows. Who knows, man? Who knows, man? So we went over uh, key scenes and memorable, memorable quotes. I was going to go through that, but we already did that. So um, let's move on to best performance. Who do you think had the best performance in the movie? So so those are your fun facts. Let's jump into our general thoughts or, an un, or unanswered questions. So what were your thoughts about the movie? Um, and then if you have any questions that you just didn't understand, let's try to talk about that now. So... Christopher, after watching, you know, a number of Christopher Nolan movies, I'm just convinced that the questions that I have aren't meant to be answered, that they're just what I think they mean. You know, they're never supposed to be answered. I'm uh, pretty sure he purposely made it that way, which is cool because it's, it's a great movie. Real, real quick, was the word memento ever said in the movie? No, I don't think it was. No. Hmm. I don't know why I always find that interesting when a movie title isn't mentioned in the movie i agree and the, the name of the short story that the, so the, the the movie was released and then the brother published his short story because apparently this was really his brother's idea they stay were in the car ride and his brother told him i have an idea about this guy who has short-term memory loss and he tattoos his body so he can remember things and christopher nolan said that sounds like a great idea why don't we work on it now and they hashed out the whole fucking story in that car ride but anyway 
Nolan made his movie and then his brother published a short story for it called Memento Mori, I think it's called. I'm not sure what Mori means, but I know Memento means remember and yeah, but it was never said. I think it, I think it it represents more what the theme of the movie is. So, I thought it was a great movie, but let's let let me ask you some questions that I'm a little bit confused about. One the reason why I think he is Sammy is because that drug dealer does say the word Sammy before he dies. Like he, he calls out Sammy. Yeah, he hmm. says Sammy throughout throughout that whole altercation, but um what's it called? Lenny was is the is the cop? Uh, no, Teddy Lenny, the Lenny, Teddy, Teddy. Uh, right, right towards the end there, which is actually the beginning. I always have to mention that. But right towards the end there, he he mentions that he got his wife's killer a year ago. Right, right. But then he also mentions like your wife was the one that was diabetic, which makes right. Lenny question like, you don't think I know my own wife? But then, like, the whole diabetic thing was that that's how Sammy, Sammy the we don't know whether Sammy exists or not. That's how he killed his wife because of his condition. Mm-hmm. So what was the point of mentioning that? Like, hmm. I don't know, so, man. <laughs> so th- that was that was the second that was the second scene for me that I thought um, really defined the movie was when Teddy told him that. I, I have sound of it. Maybe I have. Let me um, let's play it and let's see if he mentions that there. And maybe we could dissect it. You don't want the truth. You make up your own truth, like your police file. It was complete when I gave it to you. Who took out the 12 pages? You, probably. No, it wasn't me. See, it was you. Why would I do that? To create a puzzle you could never solve? You know how many how many towns, how many John G's or James G's? I mean, shit, Lenny, I'm a fucking John G. Your name's Teddy. My mother calls me Teddy. My name's John Edward Gamble. Cheer up. There's plenty of John G's for us to find. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. He, that, that, you know, it's like, are we supposed to like? I almost want to take Len Teddy's word for it that he creates his own truth because that's exactly what he does. Right. Once he leaves that house. Right. But then again, he says you don't want to know what the truth is. But then he says he killed his wife's murderer. So did does he know most of the truth? Right. Or well, he's he says that he was the cop that was assigned to his case and he wanted to he saw how heartbroken he was and he wanted to see him um come out of it but once he got the guy and he has the picture of him like happy and stuff and he's pointing to his chest where he's gonna put the tattoo or whatever um he said that he's that he went back to feeling sad again and he was like you always go back you never come out of it so he must have from that point started using him if I'm to believe that he's a police officer to get maybe other criminals or some shit like that. That's what I'm guessing this whole thing is. So, um, but that makes me think too, if you got your wife's killer and you're keeping these notes and you're taking these tattoos and you're doing this and you're doing that, why didn't you make sure to write that note down so that you remember it? Instead, we saw him willfully, like you said, manipulate the truth so that he can continue to investigate this murder. Even though it's already been solved, if we're you know if if it was already solved, you know what I'm saying. Also, yeah. Also, in the police, I don't know if you know this. I'm about to just rewatch the movie tonight. But I don't know if you know this. <laughs> in in the police report, does it say that his wife was murdered, or does it say that? I thought it was a great movie, but let's let let me ask you some questions that I'm a little bit confused about. Okay. So do you do you think that he? Spoiler alert, guys. Do you think that he? is sammy 
Um, so the so I watched this movie a lot of times, and I think the first time I watched it, that was my interpretation of it. Um, after watching it over and over and over again, I'm I'm I've walked away with the feeling that it doesn't matter whether or not he's Sammy Jenkins. I think it's a way to show that you can't rely on this character's memory. He's not a reliable source. When he says don't trust Teddy or whatever, don't don't believe his lies, you can't believe um Lenny's lies. Not not that his lies, but you can't trust him either because he wrote that purposely. Yeah, exactly. Because to make he, to make himself forget. So what what could he have what else could he have written purposely to force himself to believe in something and like the only reason I'm wondering if he's Sammy is because him writing remember sammy that was mm-hmm. that's a tattoo that was like a tattoo on his on his arm right. or on his on his hand or something and what's and the was, point what's the point of remembering sammy jenkins like how does he help him solve his wife's murder well i'm so confused now because wasn't it tatted in a different way than his other tats yeah a lot of, a lot of his tattoos were different they, like some of them he he did himself some of them looked professional some of them were like big block letters some of them didn't looked, he, you know yeah and i'm sorry i'm just rambling on over here but didn't he say that you can't create new memories him changing everything at the last like which is the beginning of the movie with the end of the movie is actually the beginning of that day that he has the two days that he has before he you know whatever after he kills that drug dealer guy he's sitting in his car he takes the he has the picture of that he killed the guy or whatever he thinks it's the guy but then he hears what lenny has to say and then right then and there he just flips the switch on everything he changes his car he changes his clothes he takes a picture of a new car saying that this is my car so now his memory is jeopardized right you know so it's like how many of how many times did he go through that and it seems like the fact that he got a tattoo immediately immediately after he he uh did these changes makes me think that he well, I think he was up to tattoo number five at that point. I think each of those times he he must have had a similar type of like, you know, change where yeah. he did something to his memory to make him think something else. So who knows, man? Yeah. It also makes me wonder if what kind of guy he was prior to the memory loss. Like maybe he was a killer, maybe he was some sort of criminal of some sort, because it brings me back again. If you go back and watch it and really pay attention to the subliminal messages, like I must have just been, I don't know on what that I was able to see this at the time. And then I go back on, I go on YouTube and I, and I, I see that some people have caught them. I haven't seen anybody catch the subliminal message of, of them inserting his face in Sammy Jenkins's body yet. So if that's not, if that hasn't been done, I'm going to try to get something done on that. But anyway, yeah. um, when they put posted the the image of him laying in bed with his wife and he has all the tattoos in particular the one that says that he got him that he got the guy that that he thought killed her because she's still alive it makes me wonder if he found her and you know they're just back to living their life or whatever and maybe he was just wasn't a good guy before this all started because even though you don't have memory loss you did have you do have the memories of who you were before you became a killer um and or whatever before you lost your memory and what kind of a person i'm trying to put myself in his perspective what kind of a person is comfortable killing somebody the way he killed that drug dealer wasn't like a gunshot to the head where it's a quick ending he suffocated he choked him to death like yeah with physical contact like that takes you know 
skill that takes effort that takes like you knowing what you're doing that takes you having the guts yeah. to sit there on top of somebody choking and seeing their life leave their body you know what i mean like that's that's like real serious killing right there you know what i mean yeah and i'm sorry i'm just rambling on over here but didn't he say that you can't create new memories like his issue was that he can't create he remembers all his old memories. He just can't create new memories. So how does he? Okay, well actually, I just answered my question. He he claimed to be the the insurer for Sammy's case. So that's how he would remember Sammy. Yeah, that was prior to him getting. Um, so the way they yeah. show it in the movie is somebody's assaulting his wife. He goes to defend her, and the guy like slams him against the wall, and he gets his head injury. So he can remember everything up to that point. From there on, he can't create new memories. Um, but like he said in the movies, you can you can train yourself to do things like on on instinct in a way, kind of like how you drive a car. Like you don't really think about where you, what you're doing. It's almost like second nature to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you can train people to do like learn behavior or whatever. That's why he he determined that Sammy Jenkins had like a mental problem not really a physical one because he wasn't learning new behaviors like he would he would um he would they would always try to oh like like when he would always pick up that thing and it would buzz him and that's where this quote comes from which was one of my favorite quotes test sammy we'll test this you fucking quack so yeah <laughs> so that pissed him off and they determined like he should have been able to figure out by now that every time he touches that that's gonna buzz him even though you can't create new memories it's just like a reflex at that point um but was he talking about himself you know what i mean like who knows yeah um, and like when he and, and when he ran and when he runs into the drug dealer towards the end i think it was the cop you think it was Teddy? and i and I and it's funny because he wrote he writes to himself don't answer the phone so he probably was already suspicious that this guy wasn't good for him right you know so in a way it kind of works out for him in there but at the same time maybe maybe he maybe he originally did not want maybe he originally wrote that down like don't answer the phone or don't trust this guy because he was already coming up with the feeling that you know he didn't want to accept the truth which is that he killed his wife's murderer a year ago or whatever yeah. and that guy's been just stringing you know stringing him along to kill people for him i don't know it's a really messed up story like it's it's a <laughs> lot of moving parts the one part that threw me way off was like the whole role of the uh of the girl in this like natalie the yeah, yeah like she she basically got him to kidnap a guy he never he he never ended up killing that guy uh and i thought her role was way bigger in the whole thing but she just ends up being the girlfriend of a guy that he killed in the beginning which is really the end i think and I think she, she plays the role she's like teddy's counterpart like her and teddy are the main manipulators of him yeah and but they're both right they're both bad guys and you what i what i in a way i don't know what both of their intentions are because if you're going in reverse, it's Teddy that sends him to that warehouse and that guy happens to be there. Um, so, you know, why did he want that guy killed? And then that guy turns out to be Natalie's boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so what I don't understand. But then Teddy also tells Lenny not to trust her, that he can't trust anything she tells him to do or whatever. So... 
they're they're connected somehow. But I think that's why I go back to thinking that maybe the point of the movie is that you can't trust this guy. You you can't trust anybody in this. You can't even trust Lenny because he's manipulating himself too. Everybody's manipulating yeah. each other, and he's manipulating himself. That's the thing. And this is probably like the only final thing I have to say about it because otherwise, like, we're gonna be here all day just <laughs> repeating the same stuff. But like, which yeah. is actually the beginning, right? It almost seems like I wish I would have known more about their relationship because then it would have cleared cleared some things up. I mean, they look like they knew each other, but it, I mean, it almost seems like they did work together, like they worked together on something. And and there's even that scene where. If, if we're playing it in the way that it happened, like real time, he murders the drug dealer and then he gets in his car, makes takes the picture of his car that it's his car, which we know it's not. So we know all that's fake. Uh, and then he drives to the bar where the drug dealer's girlfriend works. Mm -hmm. And when she looks in the car, she says she calls out his name, which is right. the drug dealer's name. I don't, I don't remember what the name was, but I remember her calling out the drug dealer's right. name. But then she kind of just stares at uh, at Leonard or Lenny. Right. for a little bit almost as if like oh shit like he you know he's here in this car by himself that means something must have happened maybe she already knew ahead of time but then again there's that scene of her spitting into the cup so what <laughs> doesn't she know god damn it this this movie man <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think i so i think a couple of things so i think that they there's two particular scenes that define the movie altogether i think the the first scene that sets the tone is when it's like at the beginning of the movie Teddy gets him at the hotel they go to like a coffee shop or something and he's telling him oh, that's not that, that was that at the beginning of the movie I can't remember where it was but he, where he says like you can't you can't trust this person believe me take my pen write this down blah 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 and uh, he starts taking notes or whatever and Teddy says this line I'm gonna play this real quick we'll listen and then I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's so important Lenny you can't trust a man's life to your little notes and pictures. Why not? Because your notes could be unreliable. Memory's unreliable. Ah, oh, please. No, 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 really. No, Memory's I... not perfect. It's not even that good. Ask the police. Eyewitness testimony is unreliable. Not... Cops don't catch a killer by sitting around remembering stuff. Right. I they know, collect I... facts. That's not what I'm saying. They make notes and they draw conclusions. Facts, not memories. That's how you investigate. I know. It's what I used to do. Look, memory can change the shape of a room. It can change the color of a car. And memories can be distorted. They're just an interpretation. They're not a record. And they're irrelevant if you have the facts. So memories can be distorted. And the thing is, too, is that he neglects to, to, to understand that so can notes. You can be handed a fake set of notes, especially if you don't have any memory of taking those notes. Um, you don't know what's been taken out of those. You know, like, like at, later on in the movie, uh, Teddy asks him, who do you think took out those 12 pages of that police report? And Lenny says, maybe you did. And he said, no, you did because you don't want to solve this. You don't want to solve this case. You want to keep this going. You you know what I mean? Like you already killed your wife's uh, attacker, but you, you know, you want to keep this on. You know what I mean? Um, so and that's why he collects notes, because this, this is his way of keeping this investigation going and going and going. And that's yeah, and this is another point. There's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in this movie. And I noticed this in the last viewing of it. Um, I watched this this weekend. My wife was working night, so I stayed home. I, I put it on my big TV or whatever, and I watched it. And I didn't notice this the first time, but there's a lot of little subliminal messages throughout the movie. I don't know if you caught this, but there were some scenes where Sammy Jenkins 
uh, the guy with the bald head or whatever, um, he's sitting in a chair or whatever, and like something will will walk in front of him, and they'll briefly snap uh, an image of Leonard in Sammy Jenkins's body, but then they'll snap it yeah. back, almost like in yeah. um, Fight Club. He shows you how they do that to send subliminal messages, like they'll they'll snap in like a quick image of something else just to like put something in your mind or whatever. Um, yeah. And then there's another part where when everything unfolds, they, they flash back and he's laying in bed with his wife, Lenny. And on his chest where he he keeps this part of his chest around his heart clear because when he gets his wife's killer, he's going to tattoo. I did it or something. I finally did it. Well, there's a scene at the very end of the movie where they flash to it. He's laying in bed with his wife and he has that tattoo on him. So that made me think then that that fucked me up because then I'm starting to think like, wait a second. So. Does he eventually figure out that his wife is still alive and he gets back with her and he he thinks he got her murderer or whatever? Um, well, so watch it again because you're going to get even more fucked up after watching well, that, it again. That's the thing. I, after watching it the one time, I, I remember all the parts where I was like, wait, what does this mean? Like, And now I'm starting to think that he is just crazy because he got stuff tattooed on him. For example, the movie ends with him driving off in a car that's not his. Mm-hmm. He burned the picture of him murdering the guy that is in the house that he's coming out of. Mm-hmm. So he has no idea how he murdered that guy. He writes, he purposely forces himself to write into a, a Polaroid saying that don't trust this guy, which is a guy that it looks like he's been trusting him all this time. Which, by the way, uh, the guy that played the dirty cop, the the guy that you said they didn't want to cast him originally. Right. I think he is a dirty cop because he's the guy handing him all this shit in the in the hotel room, you know, keeping him around. So I think I think that cop does use uh, Lenny as like a as like a hitman. I think stuff. he does, too. Yeah. Which which is cool, which he ends up getting him in the end anyways. It's cool. But I guess what he said was right, that he he is Sammy. He used to be this Sammy. He changed. He's forcing himself to change because he ends up getting something tattooed on his on his uh on his body that isn't related it's, it's related it's the it's the license plate to the guy he ends up killing which is the guy that's oh, right. helping him. right so he right. ends up getting that so it's like what are we supposed to believe like what was the first tattoo just all a lie as well like yeah well maybe maybe he's his body's filled with tattoos that are all a bunch of lies you know what i mean and the, and the thing Crazy. too you had mentioned earlier that where the black and white scenes in his mind no the so something important that i probably should have mentioned at the start of the show for the audience is that the way this movie's filmed, if you haven't watched it, is it's in reverse. So the ending is in the beginning, the beginning is in the ending, basically. And the way that that Christopher Nolan fucks with you mostly is that he breaks scenes up by color scenes and black and white scenes. The black and white scenes are in chronological order, and they're more like uh, if you really study the film and, and, and analyze how it's filmed or whatever... The black and white scenes are filmed kind of like a, like you're watching a security camera in a way. You're kind of observing this guy and you're seeing, okay, this guy is out of sorts. He doesn't remember shit or whatever. You're not really, you don't know who he's talking to on the phone. I have no idea who he's talking to on the phone. Um, and then the black and white, the color scenes are filmed in reverse, um, but they alternate with each other. And then they meet at the end together. You see that that's where they come together. Um but the, the color scenes are filmed more through his perspective. They follow him. They track him. You see what he's seeing. You hear what he hears. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kept it a mystery that way. And if you take any scene out of this movie, 
you're you're never going to understand what the fuck is going on because you have to be in tune with this shit from beginning to end uh which yeah. is another genius shit um but that's my question can... who do you, who do you think he was talking to on the phone in the hotel room and now my favorite segment i'm going to call my wife's best friend and find out what's happening in the entertainment world according to deepa dupa loop how are you what's up deeps not much how's everything on your end Things are good. Little little good. bit of this, little bit of that. You know what I mean? Well, let's start off with the Royals again, because I feel like there's always something going on with them. Mm. Um, the Duchess of Sussex, formerly known as Meghan Markle, she is she basically started a charitable clothing line with this organization called SmartWorks, which is cool. And um it's like a capsule collection, and it has five different pieces, a blazer, a button-down, trousers, and I think a dress and something else, where, you know, if you buy a piece, they donate um, the same piece um, to SmartWorks, which is cool. So it's for women that are trying to get back into, you know, working, and they have need to go on interviews and stuff, so... This organization basically donates clothing in that wow. way, which is cool. Wow. So she's a good yeah. person. She is a good person. <laughs> although I think that is what their role in society is requires them to do is basically do charity work for their uh, entire lives. Which okay. Is... So she's okay. So she's forced <laughs> to do this. Got it. Understood. <laughs> no, <laughs> she is a good person. She's actually involved with a lot of this kind of stuff even before she became a royal. So, all right, I tax write offs. That's what I see. That's what I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, moving on. Did you hear about Kevin Hart? Uh, about the car accident? Yes, and he broke his spine, I believe, in like multiple places. Holy shit! No way, really? Yeah. Oh my god! Is Did you he... not know this? I knew that he got into an accident. And they said that it was serious, but I didn't know. Yeah, that he... he fractured his spine in three different places, and um, you know, they were his buddy was driving this car and veered off of the highway, and basically, um, they got into they crashed into like this wooden fence and they plunged down like a gully. Oh my god! So. So is yeah, he? Yeah, sounds is, horrible. I think is he paralyzed or anything? He's been released. No, no, he's been released out of the hospital. Um, but you know, it, it it sounded like it was just horrible, and I think it still is horrible. It must be in recovery mode. But he apparently has been released from the hospital, but probably that has sucks. to go through you know physical therapy and so forth. So, um, okay, so you will know about this, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Sure do. So now, isn't it? So he is officially a part of the Patriots, right? Because of all his, yeah. I guess he released his video. <clears throat> They've released him from the Raiders. He moves to the Patriots. And now all of a sudden, there is this woman claiming that he raped her. I did see that. and um, Did you hear about this? I did, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I don't know enough about it. Like, it almost seems like the timing mm-hmm. of it is suspicious, but you never want to. It's den- very weird. Yeah, you never want to yeah. deny, you know. Or downplay if right. that assault did happen. But I just think it's 
so strange that, you know, he moves over to the Patriots and then all of a sudden there's this civil suit from this trainer, Brittany Taylor, and, you know, she claims that he sexually assaulted her. And so it's very weird. Yeah. And I'm not doubting that it happened. I think it's just, it's not making much sense to me, like, why the... Like, why has everything been so quiet if at the end of the day, the facts are the facts? Because clearly it's not like, you know, she was in interaction with him and trying to get some component of, you know, evidence or proof to, you know, have a put a civil case against him. So I think that's all very strange. Um, But he is definitely in the media as like I, that's, I feel like that's all you hear about when it comes to football. His name keeps popping up. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this week has been fairly quiet in a big way. There are some dark issues, but I'd rather not even get into him. Like Jeffrey Epstein, um, just the case that keeps going on and on as far as it relates to him. But one that is kind of, I wouldn't say it's super dark, but Mike, the situation, mm-hmm. Sorrentino, he's officially released from prison. As oh, of thank today. God. I know. He was in prison for eight months for tax um, evasion, which is really, you know, I'm kind of surprised he got eight months altogether. It probably didn't help that he's a douche. <laughs> Crazy. So... <laughs> He, yeah, he's officially free. Of course, like, you know, he got out of prison and he tweeted. So all his friends, I guess he has a good following. And oh. everyone appreciated him being out of prison. But, Crazy. You know, how that goes. So, yeah. Just by looking through here, I see that something about Ed Helms. Did he have an affair with Demi Moore? That would be the most random affair of all time. Really? Mm-hmm. That is weird. I mean, I haven't Very read the whole weird. article, but she, Demi Moore, you actually brought her up, but she, um, she's fifty six and she looks amazing. She just posed nude for Harper's Bazaar, and if you look at her, um, wait, where? Like yeah. the front cover. Could you spell that for me? She looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What, what do I need to spell? Demi Moore? No, no, the public. Harper's Bazaar. <laughs> Harper's Bazaar. Okay, got it. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. What am I going to do with you? All right, Deepa. All right. We will talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later. Peace. This was the Memento episode of the Replay Podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating wherever you listen. If you have any requests or any films, music albums, TV shows that you want to hear more about, In your episode descriptions, you'll see a link where you can click to leave us a message or hit us up on social social media, Instagram at the replay pod, or you can find me at manigo3 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, We'll consider any of these things for future episodes. Our music is by Rapternal Music. Rapternal Music is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. You can find their stuff at rapternal.com. Peace out, everybody.